You're listening to Fanholes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? Have you forgotten what happened to Master Tony, sir? Tony was a good soldier. He honored me. But the pop culture podcast for the fans by the fans goes on. Fanholes listeners, your training begins now. It will take weeks to prepare you properly, but I have a listening job for you tonight. Alter my plan in any way, stray from listening at all, and you're fired. Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting, stupendous, wonderful episode of the Fan Holes Podcast. And thanks to the wonder and stupendousness of time travel, you're going to be getting this podcast a little early. This week, so uh, yeah, so this is this is what we we're talking about when we're going to be in flux. But tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about two really awesome direct-to-video comic book movie adaptations. We're going to be talking about The Dark Knight Returns, and it's going to be you know both part one and part two of the direct-to-video Blu-ray DVD extravaganza. And this is a adaptation of uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, which is, uh, you know, the seminal comic book classic from the 80s. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're just going to kind of wax poetic, I guess. I mean, I, I thought it was really great, but um, I'll, I'll just uh, open it up to uh, my fellow fan holes. So why don't you uh, sound off, guys, and let everybody know who's here tonight. Yo, it's Mike Thunderwing. Justin Grimlock. Ah, you see, Don? Batman nasty. Lead us bargain. Lead a Billy Berserk, Rob. He pegged Batman, you see. So, Dark Knight Returns, what did you guys think? He's gone Billy. Billy Berserk, slice and dice. <laughs> Licka legs, chicken legs. <laughs> I, I like how they kept all that stuff. I think I think when we had like been speculating about this, like before, you know, the trailers or whatever was out, you know, I think Mike, you were saying like I hope they keep all that like weird like futuristic 80s speak like you know he's gone billy yeah, and, shit and stuff like that i love this there's an there's an issue of the brave and the bold tie-in comic where like all the robins team up like from all eras and like <laughs> i love there's a part where like carrie kelly just keeps talking like that and like they're all like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> it's like he's billy he don't like you know rachel ghoul don't shiv and like stephanie brown's like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's I, I, I'm actually I'm glad Justin brought that up, though, because I think I think based on like my kind of 
distaste for the year one adaptation. You know, I love the year one comic book, but I thought the adaptation was maybe a little too literal or, you know, some of the PC stuff they added to it. You know, I was really worried about, you know, kind of how they would go with this adaptation, you know, would stuff, a bunch of stuff be cut out? Would they kind of shy away from the, you know, the, the caricatures of, of, you know, the real people, whether it's, you know, something like David Letterman or Ronald Reagan or anything like that. But I think, uh, I think this was a great adaptation. I mean, I know for some people, maybe they're, might be disappointed it doesn't have any you know dune uh whispering voice monologues in it or whatever <laughs> but uh i i thought the way the screenwriter handled it was pretty awesome i mean he he seemed to find i mean obviously you know batman kind of gets the majority of the monologue lines they didn't really use you know too much internal monologue from any of the other characters but i think that kind of works because he's the main character and and i like how they found ways to slip in you know things like if if He's remembering, you know, a conversation between, you know, him and Clark in the, you know, in, in the internal monologue or in, you know, narration. He, they just kind of found a way to slip that actual dialogue into the piece, and I thought that worked rather well. There's nothing wrong with Joker that I can't fix with my hands. What, what about you guys? I mean, were you enjoying that did you miss the internal monologue like were you happy with the adaptation it's it is funny Derek, because like every review that had something like negative to say about this movie it's always like but i miss all like you know the internal dialogue you know and stuff and i was kind of oh, like, yeah i was I, I agree with you i think it like worked really well without it and i mean that I, there are some like as far as negative stuff goes, like, there are some lines and stuff that I missed and, like, other stuff, like, that I thought, like, they they sort of changed and, like, or they didn't, like, get the idea across, like, very clearly. Like, I guess, like, when, when, the jo- when he, like, breaks the Joker's neck, like, the Joker's, like, dialogue is, like, completely different, like, from the comic. Like, it, it, in the comic, it, like, you know, the Joker's kind of like, oh, man, you, like, you, you pussy, you wussed out at the last moment, you know, you didn't kill me. And, like, in the in the, in the the cartoon, he's just kind of like, ah, I made you lose control, blah, ha, ha. Like, and I, like, I really liked that part in the comic, so I was kind of, like, down on that. But, you know, that, thankfully, like, that's not, like, a, like, common thing. Like, it's only in a couple places where they kind of, like, changed the, like, dialogue and stuff or, or uh, didn't have it at all, but... Yeah, I guess I guess it is a pretty seminal work. I mean, I must have read that comic. You know, I think the first time I ever read The Dark Knight Returns, I, I don't know if I, I... I probably have written this on, like, a History of Comics on film blog, but I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast. But it was one of those things where, I, you know, to me, maybe all I had really known of Batman up to that point was, you know, stuff I saw on TV. You know, to me, Batman was Adam West and... You know, I guess the filmation Batman and Super Friends and stuff like that. And, you know, then, you know, you got handed this, you know, comic book from from, you know, Walden books or something back in the 80s. And you just kind of went, oh, my fucking God, what is this? (laughs) You know, and you were like, this is badass, you know, and you're totally like into it and everything. But to me, like, again, like, you know, some people kind of, you know, oh, Adam West isn't the real Batman, you know, or whatever. But to me, it was all the same guy. So, you know, I, I you know, had these visions of, of the transformation. You know, to me, the, the, the I guess, change was so drastic, you know, that, that it, it worked for me on that level where I was like, wow, shit must really be, you know, dark. You know, it must really be a dark night for him to return, 
you know, that kind of thing. I, I mean, as far as the adaptation goes, I mean, I, I really did enjoy it. I mean, I, I think like everybody else, you know, I'm sure there's, there's favorite lines that people had, you know, something that people have read so much, you know, like for me, I kind of remember kind of wanting to hear, you know, certain lines for, uh, you know, for Peter Weller to deliver that maybe he didn't get a chance to deliver, you know, like, you know, uh, I, I really wanted him to say, um, you know, you know, when the little kid, you know, because in the, in the comics, it's kind of like the little kid that the Joker grabs is like, you know, Batman's going to kick your ass, you know, and stuff. And they had him say that. But I, I liked how after, you know, Joker, like, you know, shoots him and stabs him and runs off and all that stuff. He's sitting there kind of collecting himself, you know, getting ready to you know, do a round two or whatever, get his second wind and go, go, you know, track down the Joker. And, and then in the comics, the little kid's kind of like, Mister, you're Batman, right? You gotta go kick the Joker's ass. And Batman's kind of like, you know, son, watch, watch your language you know, or whatever. <laughs> you know, and I just wanted, I wanted Peter Weller to be like, you know, watch your language. <laughs> you know, like, like, so I, I thought that would be kind of cool. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure, like you said, there's there's all, you know, different kinds of favorite lines, whether it's like stuff like Two-Face and different things that were, you know, semi-tweaked, you know, for the adaptation. Um, was, there, was there anything like you were looking forward to seeing that you kind of missed in the adaptation, Justin? I can't really think of anything. Like, um, what I was really surprised was that they kept all that Reagan stuff, like, I kind of expected them to like cut all that out, or to have like maybe replace replace Reagan with Obama or Bush or something maybe because I guess you can look at it as you know Reagan kind of dates it to the 80s and like maybe you know maybe those young whippersnappers today would be like who is this crazy old guy that they're like you know obviously mocking or whatever but like I was really surprised and really pleased that they kept all that like I think that's great. I was really surprised at that like that tunnel of love chase sequence that like the level of violence I mean like that's that's a vicious like shootout like between like the police and Joker and Batman like he'd like I mean Joker just like willy nilly like blows random people away like it's nothing I was like yeah that yeah. wow like I'm I'm really surprised and impressed that like they kept that level of like violence and everything. Especially, like, yeah, like, especially with, like, current events and stuff, I'm surprised they yeah. didn't get, like, a sort of, like, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker-style edit or something. Yeah. What, uh, there's a bunch of uh, harpoons coming out of the gun that say ha-ha and bang-bang? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, but, yeah, I, I everybody, was, everybody, everybody slips in the tunnel of love and electrocutes themselves, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, Duke, Duke gets, like, stabbed with the chest and's like, it's okay, <laughs> it's fine, he lives. Yeah, he's cool. It's a, it's, he's a, it's a Sunday. The tunne, tunnel of love is empty. <laughs> those are those are all animatronic uh, patrons. Those weren't real patrons. But like you were saying, like the you know the internal monologue and stuff. Like I'm, I was pleased the way that turned out too. I think maybe they realized the mistake they made with year one because you know you kind of you, you know you had stuff like we made fun of. You know, like 18 years and the eggs are still fresh. <laughs> like I'm. I'm 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 sure Peter Weller could like have done a really fantastic inner monologue if they went that direction, but you know, like Derek said, I'm like I'm pleased with the way they way they did that, and you know, the way they like utilized internal monologue in a different way to just be like, you know, like if he's thinking about something that happened between him and Clark, he'll just like come out and say it to Clark. You're the one they pointed to. You act like a criminal. <laughs> we are criminals, Clark.
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I could say being like a Superman fanboy, you know, I kind of missed hearing Clark's internal monologue when he was, uh, you know, dealing with the, the fallout of the nuclear radiation and everything. But, you know, I mean, it's a visual scene and you, you still get the same idea. You know, you, you understand what's going on. You, you don't necessarily, you know, since film is a visual medium, you know, don't, you don't have to have him kind of go, oh, you know, if only the clouds would part and please give me your, you know, warmth and strength sun and all that kind of stuff so that, i mean i i'm i'm okay with it you know? that, that's also another sequence like i'm surprised that they kept it as you know graphic as it was i mean if you you look at the comic it's like this is like you know i think it's like a full page page spread up just like this withered superman and you're just like oh my god like that's superman like how's he going to come back from this and you, yeah when I, you I see remember. it animated you're just like holy cow I remember uh, my younger cousin would come over and he, you know, he had a phase where he was into comic books and stuff. And I guess having me as an older cousin, you know, it was kind of nice to have me because because there were, you know, tons of comics here that he could read if he came and visited. And I remember when he read that scene, he just kind of looked at me and he kept he gave me the book back. You know, he was like, no, 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 that's not Superman. (laughs) You know, he was just like he couldn't. He couldn't handle the imagery, you know. He's like, no, 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 that's not him. See, here you go. No, no, no. You know, he was kind of freaked out by it because I think he was uh, probably younger than I was when I read it, you know. And so, like, but I think I read it when I was like ten or eleven or something like that. But I think he was a little younger. But this was probably when I was, you know, in my teens, going to high school and stuff. And he was probably like nine, eight, something like that. So. I wanted to ask you, Derek, like, as a huge Superman fan, like, how do you feel about, like, Superman's role in this story, like, him being, as kind of like, basically Reagan Stooge, like, do you, you know? You know what I'm asking. Sir, I can talk to him, but I just hate for things to get out of hand. You know how to get in touch with him, don't you, son? He's not hard to find, sir. Good boy. It's weird, like, I think they, they, I I think I was more of an age where I could go along for the ride, because one, to me, it's like, uh, I already kind of got the idea that it was kind of an alternate reality, Mm -hmm. and then at that time, everything was kind of being, you know, rebooted, like, where I kind of was, you know, reading an issue here or there of John Byrne's Superman, you know, on the newsstands, and this was kind of before I even discovered, you know, like, comic shops, you know, specialty shops when I was reading all this stuff. So I kind of already got the idea. I was kind of like, huh, this is weird. Like, why, you know, I'd be like Superman shaves and like, you know, just funny stuff that John Byrne put in it, you know, for me as a kid kind of going, why is Superman's cape ripping? You know, like things I didn't really get when I, you know, you kind of read them piecemeal and stuff. And, and you know, I kind of got the idea reading stuff like Man of Steel that it was you know, not exactly the same. And so, like, I remember later reading, uh, you know, interviews that would explain stuff and how him, you know, Frank Miller and John Byrne would talk to one another, kind of like, well, what are you doing with Batman? And, you know, he kind of explained, like, well, this is what I'm going to do in year one, and this is what I'm doing in Dark Knight Returns. And he's like, well, what are you doing with Superman? And Byrne kind of, you know, would explain to him the kind of tack that he was taking with it. So I think because they talked to one another, they, they kind of tweaked their their vision of the character when they guest appeared. So when, you know, Batman appeared in Man of Steel and he was doing all the, you know, magpie stuff, you know, he did have him be a little more Machiavellian. Like, he's like, I'm going to blow up one person, Superman. And Superman's like, holy fucking shit, you're a criminal. You know, like, kind of like, basically kind of like what he... 
he says in Dark Knight, you know, or Dark Knight Returns. And and conversely, I think the same thing kind of applies in, you know, Dark Knight Returns, where, you know, he's kind of like this by-the-book guy. I mean, you know, you look at, like, the Legends miniseries, and it's like, you know, you, to me, I'm like, I'm never going to admit to you that, that he's Ronald Reagan's stooge. Like, I don't think he is, and I think, like, the way it plays out, you know, he does give you that you know, filmation wink at the end of the story. Yeah. So to me, it's like one of those things where, you know, you're like, well, hey, he, he kind of was in on the gag as well, you know? And, you know, to me, I just like seeing the stuff where he goes to Colto Martiz and beats the shit out of all the aircraft carriers. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Is like blowing through all the planes and stuff like that. And I know, like, some people want to be like, oh, well, he's a murderer and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just kind of like, well, dude, he's, you know, I don't know. I, I that That never really entered my mind you know like to me i think when i read it like i mean it was the 80s so to me like i never saw anything wrong with that i mean i think i think you were already inundated with the idea that you know there was a cold war going on and that the russians were the bad guys i mean you know like at, at least that's as far as you know when you were growing up and hearing those kind of things you know it's like that you know, to me, it was always the odd thing to have, like, Colossus on a team, because you went, oh, he's, like, the one good Russian. You know what I mean? As opposed to, like, everybody else in the whole fucking USSR. You know what I mean? So it's, like, that's that's kind of, you know, how I kind of took it or whatever. But I also, you know. like, I also always saw Superman in that story as not, like, being so personally invested as Batman is, like, in, like, what's happening, basically. Like, you know... All through that fight, Superman's like, you know, stop this, you know, this isn't, this is stupid, you know, but, you know, Bruce, whatever, you know, and like, I, I don't know, it's just like, a, and he, he's not like trying to, I don't think like Superman's heart was in it really, you know, like, yeah, whereas well, I, Batman's kind of like, you know, you're coming to my turf, you know, where the place where my parents died and, you know, you're trying to shut us down and you're trying to like, you know, tell me how to run my city and, you know, a piece of him, the schoolboy. I always knew it would come down to the two of you someday. The world's not big enough for the both of you. That that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, Batman is kind of... And I, I, the other thing, too, is, you know, I guess Justin was asking, like, how Superman was treated. You know, this this is the first time that ever happened. You know, I think every other story after that that tried to sort of mimic or copy this, like, those stories get on my nerves, but not <laughs> yeah. this one. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like hush when Superman fights Batman, like you know, like any <laughs> any any stupid shit that came after that, where they they were trying to sort of, you know, I don't know, it, 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 where it was very derivative of this. But to me, this was the first time I ever saw anything like that, you know. And and you know, I mean, obviously, like Superman and Batman had teamed up, and they had been sort of rivals in previous comics. And I don't even think I was, you know really alive or around to see any of that you know mostly i was used to like i said filmation or super friends and they were they were friends you know but like i was telling you you know it's like i read the man of steel and you know at the end of it you know it was almost like you know in an alternate reality i may have called that man friend you know batman thinks that and and to me that was a you know a clue that i was like oh this isn't quite like super friends, you know what I mean? And so, you know, reading this, it's like, okay, well, it's not quite the same thing. And, and you know, it's kind of an interesting idea to see those two guys, you know, face off against one another. But I, I think now it's been, you know, done to fucking death to the point where now I think 
if you have a big crossover, like obviously when people have big crossovers, you know, the first thing they want to do is Superman. So, you know, it's really serious. But I think nowadays it's got to be to the point where someone's got to do that to Batman. Otherwise, people won't take the threat seriously, which is kind of funny. But, you know, I I think, you know, it's like it's like Aquaman's got to choke a bat bitch before things get really serious (laughs) or whatever in a crossover, you know, so. Russian. Russian. He's twice your age, son. Find the nerve. I just have one piece, of, one more piece of criticism, and then I'm pretty much done with like any kind of criticism I have of this movie or these movies. Like sometimes, like putting this stuff to animation works out really, really well. Where like scenes that like only took like a couple pages and like you know the actual comic become like you know. Like for example, like the Batman Superman fight is like fucking awesome in the in the in the uh, cartoon, and it's only like what like half a dozen pages, if that, in the comic maybe, you know. And it's like it looked friggin' awesome in animation, but then there's stuff where like it works a lot better in the comic, and where you you can like suspend your disbelief more. And the thing that kind of like kind of made me think that in the in the like in the movies was basically like it seems like um i guess in uh, the best way to put this is in the movies it looks like like the entire gotham police force are like the worst like shots ever because like they they're like there's so much shooting at batman and especially in the second part that it's like it it like boggles the mind that he was not like hit more times or like you know yeah i i think what what i thought was interesting was i thought part one did a really good job of showing in terms of like criminals and mutants and guys that tried to shoot him like how he used stealth and gas and all kinds of stuff to sort of like when he takes down all the two faces men on the, you know, in the first movie, like it's like you see they they're filled up with narcotics and they're, you know, there's all this smoke around and they can barely get a shot off before he's already on their ass and punching them. So in that sense, you're like, Oh, okay. That's a little more believable. But like you're saying, once like the helicopter shows up and blows away all the smoke and then, then it's kind of back to standard de facto, you know, mask of the phantasm, like the whole Gotham city PD is, is chasing him down. And, you know, basically you're kind of like, you just have to fucking, you know, wing it. You you just have to suspend your disbelief or something like that. Even like, you know, like Alan Yin was like uh, uh, Yindel, whatever her name was. Um, like when they have him surrounded, she just opened fires on him, like because she like I'm like, oh, you're kind of like genre savvy, like you you know you you should like wing him right now while you have the chance. But like she doesn't hit him, even though he's like totally stationary and stuff. And then uh, well, you know, it's because it's because they're all Billy and they went to stormtrooper school, <laughs> exactly, you know, where they learned to but, shoot. Like you know? like I was saying, like in the comic that could be only like two panels of them shooting at him but like you know right. it's like 30 seconds of him being shot at in the actual movie and like no one can even like hit him so but that that's pretty much like the only thing that seemed off to me in this movie like the rest of it I enjoyed the hell out of it was too big for me to judge he was too big yeah, I really, I mean, I, I, I guess one thing we can talk about is I, I really thought all the casting was great. I mean, I think the main reason why year one didn't work for me was because 
of the the fellow they cast as Bruce Wayne and Batman. You know, I mean, obviously doing, you know, internal narration is, is not always easy. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm sure sometimes reading Frank Miller dialogue or trying to make it sound naturalistic for an actor is not the easiest thing in the world. However, like, uh, you know, Justin was saying earlier, if, if Peter Weller had been given some internal monologue like out of year one, I'm sure he would do a fantastic job doing it. And I think he was spectacular. I mean, I know I know there was some kind of pre backlash or, or kind of, you know, pre, um, you know, trepidation going like, oh, they didn't cast Michael Ironside from, you know, the little short from Batman, the animated series, because he was so awesome in that. And he was. But I, I think Peter Weller just fucking nailed it out of the park for this. And, and you know, I know Justin asked me about Superman, and I really liked uh, Mark Volley, who was, like, the human target on the TV show. I thought he was a great fucking Superman. So, I mean, I, I don't know what you guys, what your thoughts are or anything, but I, I just wanted to sort of throw that out there as, as two really awesome positives. I, I also thought, like, it would be hard to top Michael Ironside. Like, for one thing, I just love his voice, whether he's, like, you know, Batman or Dark Side or, you know, if, if he's just like Captain of the Sequence, like, I, I think his voice is great. But, like, I, I think Peter Weller, Weller really did a really great job of, like, owning that role throughout both movies. Yeah. And, um, like, for me, like, um, David Selby from Dark Shadows played Commissioner Gordon. So, like, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And, like, I thought he did a really good job as, like, Commissioner Gordon, too. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I mean, I, I know I'm singling out, you know, two specific actors, but I think their entire, you know, cast did a really excellent job. I mean, I, I love the girl who played Carrie Kelly, and, no, you know, I, I, mean, I, I freaking loved, uh, they got Conan O'Brien to do the David Letterman, <laughs> like, parody. I yeah, was like, yeah. wow, that's, like, dead on. What can we say about our next guest that hasn't been said before? Frank? He's a kook, Dave. A maniac. No, I mean it. He's a nut. Because, you know, Conan O'Brien wanted to be David Letterman, pretty much, so that that's pretty awesome. I was I was thinking, like, they must have made some kind of contact with him after, like, all that flaming sea stuff, because, you know, <laughs> yeah. they called through the WB, like, lot and all right, that. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they all kind of know each other and stuff. I mean, obviously, he had Bruce Tim on his show because of that, and so I'm sure that's how that that ended up becoming realized and stuff. So I bet you some people, I, I think some people are going to be dis disappointed that um, the, uh, who's that chick who was supposed to be in the original that they cut out? You know how it was like Dr. Uh, Bartholomew Volper? Oh, but Dr. Then, Ruth. Then, yeah, like yeah. Dr. Ruth was in the original. Like, I, I thought that would have been fun, but, you know, I, I don't think it was detrimental to the uh, the adaptation. I, I didn't I was, miss it at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought it was kind of funny. Like I um I I was I actually got my dad to watch the two parts with me and stuff and he doesn't normally like to watch anything animated and stuff, so I did get him to watch it with me and he seemed to enjoy it, but I, I did mention to him about how, you know, I was trying to remember her name, but how Doctor Ruth was in the uh you know, the the comics and stuff like that. Or at least, you know, like David Letterman, that kind of pastiche, you know, caricature of her was, was in the um the original or whatever. All the people I've murdered by letting you live. I never kept count. I did. I know. And I love you for it. What about the Joker? Like, what did you, what did you guys think about his portrayal? 
I think he was well cast considering the way the Joker is written in The Dark Knight Returns. I mean, the whole, like, you know, I mean, obviously, like, Michael Emerson plays it very effeminate and, you know, very passionate and, and almost, you know, it, you know, this twisted kind of, you know, uh, lovesick, cre- creepy dude, you know, so I, I thought that worked rather well. Yeah, I thought he was okay. Are you out of your mind? But like I said, I was kind of sad that, like, they changed his, like, end dialogue right before he died. But, you know, it, it, whatever. It, it's not that big of a deal. I thought, what do you call it? I was going to say, I thought the animation was really great, too. Like, like they kind I guess, like, I was, at first, when they announced they were going to do this, I was kind of expecting, like, how are they, like, going to animate this? Are they going to, like, mimic, like, Frank Miller's, like, animation, like, uh, drawing style, like, exactly? Like, is it going to be, like, really simple looking? Or, but, like, they, they, they kind of, like, took it and then made it, like, detailed enough to look like, you know, like, nice, I guess, or, like, nicer for animation. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, sometimes, like, I, I think it's interesting for people to try and, you know, mimic the the art styles that are done in the original books. And, it, and some of the character design definitely seems similar, you know, Batman's stature and physique and how he looks and that kind of thing. You know, I mean, there there's elements of it, you know, that you can see in the animation. But, you know, obviously, like, you know, buildings and cars and different things are kind of you know, they're tweaked to their own design or whatever, but, uh, <laughs> I like it. No, what I really thought really worked well in animation were the two, uh, Joker's two little, like, the kid robots. The, yeah, the, yeah, those yeah, Those looked yeah. adorable, like, in animation, <laughs> you know, like, especially when the, the boy one blows up and his head, like, lands right there, the girl one, and she looks, yeah. like, all sad. Like, I was yeah. like, oh. And she gets that pissed off look at her face after she sees the, her brother's head or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely was was very cool. I um I like the uh, I, I I know it's just a random kind of aside, but I think one of my favorite bits was when um when you know Carrie Kelly first jumps up onto the rooftop and is going to be Robin. I loved all the the side dialogue they kept of uh, you know her two you know kind of clueless hippie parents or whatever, where it's like, yeah, man, you know. So <laughs> This is like, what we marched was, against. Or, yeah, it's like, like pass, a, me, pass me that joint, you know. Like, you know, so that kind of cracked me up. Like, I was surprised they, they left that kind of stuff in there, too. So, but, I, uh, I, I liked all, the, like, the little touches, like, scenes of them, like, you know, uh, liquor store or gas station being robbed and you'd see like old you know 80s like swamp thing comics yeah, and stuff yeah, there. yeah that was cool that was cool I, I thought it was funny though because I think I'm trying to remember like I remember like they looked pretty good in part one where it was like swamp thing and V for Vendetta and like shit that would have been out during the 80s but then I think in part two there was some stuff I can't remember what it was but there was some comic and I was kind of like wait a minute that wouldn't have been out in the 80s or whatever I don't know <laughs> what it was but I was like, hang on there. You know, so that's just me being like super, super nerdy, I guess. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I thought this was awesome. I mean, I, I was really, really happy with it. I mean, I think, I think that's the kind of thing that, oh, I guess another good thing to bring up is the fact that it was two parts. I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, a good example, I suppose, is, is the uh, Superman Doomsday direct-to-video where it's, you know, 70 minutes or 90 minutes or whatever it is, you know, and it's a, uh, you know what? What is it? A three-year storyline crammed into seventy minutes of of animation. You know where the first act is 
the fight with Doomsday. The second act is the the kind of weird return of a Superman, but not the Superman. And then the third act is you know his return and 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 final you know confrontation, I guess, or whatever. And and you know a lot of people that I've talked to, you know, were always like, oh, they should have made that three movies, or they should have you know this and that and the other thing. And uh, you know, again, you know, I, I you know I'm not going to begrudge the uh, Dark Knight Returns for having two parts because I think it helped, um, you know, tell the whole story. Uh, on the the same note, though, I, I would hope they would extend that courtesy to other characters and properties in the future. You know, cough cough, wink wink. You know, uh, Superman, Flash, Green Lantern, whoever. You know, like like where if if it is something that merits, you know, more than one film to uh, to tell. You know, it's like basically to me this was just a three hour film that they split up into two parts, but, you know, like, that's, that's something that would be nice, you know, I, I, I'd rather, you know, see a, you know, a Superman adaptation that took two films to finish and have it be really good than see everything crammed into 70 minutes. Yeah, would you, would you think, like, you know, uh, what do you call, whatever happened in The Man of Tomorrow would warrant, yeah. like, two parts? Hell yeah. I, I, I would want that to be as long as it fucking humanly possible <laughs> could, like, you know that that's something where I would be very very nervous if they decided to do that. But I, I would, if it was as good as this was, I would be very very pleased. I wanted to ask actually because I haven't had a chance to do it. But Derek, did you say you watched like all the extras on the disc already or on the, yeah, the second I watched, disc? I watched, yeah, I watched uh, all the extras. Like there to me, there was this funny story because the uh, director uh, Jay Olivia, I guess, talks about you know basically he he gives kind of running commentary as you're seeing the, you know, the animatics they did, you know, the, the pre animation before they animated and stuff. And, um, you know, he, he's giving commentary on various scenes and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm like, I'm filing this one away for use in the, uh, of the, I hate Tim file or whatever. Cause like, there's this funny, funny scene to me where, he basically showed Bruce Tim, you know, and he's telling the story about how he showed Bruce Tim the clip of the Batman Superman fight. And Bruce Tim's like, "What the hell's going on? Like, Batman doesn't have super strength." And the director goes, "Well, he's fighting with fucking Superman, dude. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like if 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 he punched Superman, wouldn't he just break his fucking hand? He's just a normal dude, you know." And and it's just to me, it's like that typical fucking bat fag like you know <laughs> love or whatever where it's like oh i love batman so much <laughs> you know and, and like he's the greatest guy ever right and it's just like it, that, that's kind of how you know it's like i don't begrudge that when it's batman the animated series or projects like this because i think you know batman does have a lot of really really awesome great stories and uh, this is one of them but i i think it's funny that 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 was his his attitude was oh Batman beat him up without any super strength you know and 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 the director was just kind of like well I think the suit has super strength that's the only way he could rationalize the fight going on as long as it did you know even even if Superman's heart wasn't in it and you know they they kind of they really emphasized all the the reasons why Superman wasn't at full strength I think in in the film you know where they're kind of like oh hey remember guys nudge nudge he just like you know diffused a fucking uh, 
you know, nuclear warhead and the fallout is still messing with his system. Like, he's still not really getting all the solar energy from the sun, nudge, nudge. Like, he, you know, basically he's still feeling weak, too, you know. And and then I guess they, you know, in the commentary of the director, they kind of explained how later they went back to that scene where he's talking about, you know, that that dialogue and um, and that he basically added the clip where he lifted up the car. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I liked that. Yeah. So so and like just to establish like, hey, we're establishing like he he has, you know, you know, kind of Iron Man level strength here where he's lifting up the car and everything in that suit. So it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that he could last like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes against Superman, you know? Like I said, that was a really good, like, expanded fight. Like, I like when he made, like, the steamroller hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was cool. And I, I like I liked the thing where he threw the uh, wrecking ball, and then, like, Superman just catches it and throws it right fucking back at him and stuff. Like, there were lots of cool little bits and stuff that they, that they put into that fight. Really? Who do they send after you? What would you guys like to see for the next... Batman directed video. So like, uh, what story would be a cool adaptation or something? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Like, maybe something like I, I I'd keep it something simple. Like, I know I know mostly they'd want to try and do like new stuff, but I would lean towards something like you know maybe you know Ten Nights of the Beast or you know maybe actually seeing them do, like, a full-out animated version of uh, Death in the Family or something, you know, like, something mm. not not too, you know, not too long. Do you know what I mean? Like, something that could fit into that time frame. Like, I, I'm really big on, actually, if they're going to do a 70-minute movie, I'm kind of like, they should just do one issue of a comic that's, like, super awesome. You know, like, but if it's got to be, like, a story arc, like, those are some story arcs that I really like and, and think that they could be you know, decent movies, you know, in terms of, you know, direct-to-video animation. But knowing knowing them, it'll probably be, you know, something that was like, you know, <laughs> came do, out. They'll do, night, they'll do Nightfall in seven minutes, in uh, 70 minutes, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, it'll be, it'll be something like, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to adapt the Night of the Owls or, you know, something that, you know, is a lot more recent than... I wouldn't mind saying that, yeah. If they, like, you know, skinned it, you know, correctly, I guess I'm trying to say. What about you, Justin? Like, is there anything you have in mind when you ask the question? Uh, I'd like them to do Mudpack, actually. Like, I love Mudpack. That's yeah, cool. like, I would right. never have read that if you hadn't included that in, on your top ten Batman stories. But, like, that's, oh. that's, like, a really great story. I love that. Yeah, that's that. It, I, I, it must be kind of hard because because you have all the different you know clay faces. I guess there there probably be a good way to establish that you know in in the course of a movie. But you know it might be I, I could see people going, oh, that's too much work you know to establish the the, mm. the four different clay yeah. faces. You know, I, I I still do think it's a great great story. Is there anything that you might like to see, uh, Michael? Only the greatest Batman story ever. Hush. Hush. <laughs> you know what? That's probably what they're going to do just to fucking <laughs> piss me off. It's going to be like, coming soon, like, the greatest Batman story ever told from the creative brain of Jeff Loeb. Yeah. <laughs> and awesome. Like, lo- looks like they're taking a dump when they grimace Jim Lee art, you know? <laughs> Hush. 
And, and since we did that, uh, Dark Knight Returns first, you can see all the great homages. I mean, ripoffs. I mean, homages. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know what would suck is, is like, it would suck if they did Hush as a direct-to-video. Not, not that I think this is, like, the greatest Batman story either, but uh, I w- if they were going to do that, I would rather them do, like, a long Halloween adaptation before they did Hush. I mean, if you're going to do some more Jeff Loeb goodness as um, as uh, direct-to-video animation or whatever. I'm surprised they haven't, like, tried to pull, like, a Nightfall or something, like, sort of in the vein of, like, Superman Doomsday or something, where they just oh, compress... Seven, yeah. 70-minute Nightfall. Yep. Yeah. That would be... that. I don't know. I couldn't... I, I think Bruce... I think if Bruce Tim has anything to do with it, I think Bruce Tim likes Batman too much to let that happen to Batman. I think he doesn't like Superman enough, so they just went, like, yeah, okay, whatever, it's too complicated, gotta make it 70 minutes, because I don't think there's enough love. Like, I wish I wish whoever was producing, like, actually really, really liked Superman. I don't mind that Bruce Timm likes Batman, and he makes good Batman projects, but I, I just wish somebody else was in charge of some of the other stuff. It's like, you can just tell, like, he gets put on things like Green Lantern and uh, Superman, and you can just tell his heart's not completely in it, you know? I know what you're saying. Well, I, I guess I should mention then, um, what do you, like, uh, what's coming up? Uh, first is, like, that Superman Unbound thing, which is the Superman Brainiac. And uh, then after that, I guess, is Flashpoint? Yeah, I believe so. Like, there's a, uh, here, I guess what I can do just to, to reference it is, and I'll, I'll give this guy a shout-out, because I, I, he's a friend of mine. And um, he has a really great blog, um, Superhero Shows, um, is a really, really good blog that you can go to, and he'll always kind of document, like, cool, ongoing stuff that's, uh, you know, going on in, uh, you know, movies and animation and everything. It's a pretty great blog. It's uh, Superhero Shows, all one word, blogspot.com. but um, let's see, he's got a, a nice little coming soon thing, so I always kind of go to that to check out stuff. But, uh, yeah, it says June 2013 is when Superman Unbound comes up, which is the kind of Superman Brainiac adaptation. And uh, it looks like uh, it's still to be announced what the, the exact date is, but I guess they're going to call it Justice League Flashpoint instead of just Flashpoint. Mm. But, yeah, that's going to be in 2013, so... Yeah, so I think as far as DC direct-to-video stuff, that's what uh, what we have to look forward to. So well, I gotta say, like, I just read Superman Brainiac, like, a week or two ago, and I didn't think it was very impressive, but on the other hand, I think it's... I think, Derek, you once said, like, uh, it's it might be one of those things where adapting it to, like, animation will actually, like, improve, like, the story, like, sort of like Under, Under the Red Hood did. Yeah, like, yeah. Because uh, I don't know, like I, I thought, like the the like in in the comic, it seemed, it's like I really thought the whole like oh you've never met the real Brainiac like thing was kind of lame and stuff. Like every Brainiac up until now has just been some like two bit knockoff or whatever. <laughs> like I really well, I thought... think I think I think depending on like what version of Brainiac you like, you either take offense to that or you 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 uh, delight in glee that like the Milton Fine version of Brainiac isn't like the real fucking brainiac or whatever. <laughs> but I think I think that was always that guy's case in the first place. But um but anyway, you know, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I am the internet. 
but yeah. Brainiac is the internet. From, from what I saw in the trailer, though, it's it seems like the movie's treating this as like the very first time like Superman ever like fights Brainiac. So that kind of like solves the problem for me. So yeah, yeah. So I well, it's kind of like to me like the my problem with like a lot of the Judd Winnick stuff was when he had uh, you know Batman and different guys like beat the shit out of um, you know. Captain Nazi and Amazo and all these really, really tough guys. And while Amazo still made it into the adaptation, like they kind of made these generic kind of assassin commandos or whatever in Under the Red Hood. So that kind of immediately, you know, eradicated any fanboy rage I had where I was like, wait a minute, like you can't just beat up like Captain Nazi like that. Like he fights Captain Marvel. Like he should be like Superman level, you know? And, uh, you know, so it's like things like that, like it never entered my mind when I watch, um, you know, watch that adaptation. So I'm sure there's there's things that they can do where, you know, you, you won't be rubbed the wrong way by, you know, all the Brainiacs you have met to this point are false. I am the real Brainiac until I'm rebooted and I am the Internet. <laughs> so. I was going to say, I know we've uh, skipped something in Dark Knight. Nazi boobs. <laughs> the boobs. Nope. The the original the original Harley Quinn. <laughs> no 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 Nazi ass cheeks though. Yeah yeah. That was too far I guess. The, see that that was, that, that was another scene where I'm like my God like can no one like hit anything with a gun like <laughs> where like Batman's running around in the old woman uniform and she's just like unloading on him and he's just running around like and she can't hit him. That's that's when you that's when all the fanboys really wanted all the internal monologues, you know. It's like I wear this old lady's suit because it's a target, and everyone can hit me, or whatever. <laughs> and the double the double talk explanation of why he's got a yellow oval around his uh, his bat symbol, you know. Like I always used to like that in the original comic book, where it's like I have this oval because it's a great target. Because DC can trademark it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boss, I'm trying to get the plan here. I mean, you gonna die tonight or what? Figure I will. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. Do we do we have any last words on um, on Dark Knight Returns Part One and Part Two before we uh, move on to some awesome things of the week? As a good friend of mine would say, it is top of cool. Yes, I I, I vastly approve of it. Wow, okay, so I think it's a universal recommendation from three out of three fan holes. Uh, Dark Knight Returns, part one and part two. Uh, part two just came out. Uh, it's been out for about a week, so that's why we're going to be releasing this uh, post-haste, so you guys can uh, listen to this and make up your own minds. Um, but yeah, we definitely recommend it. Go check it out and see what all the hype is all about. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll go ahead and move on to what's oh, awesome. Can I can I just add one yeah. more thing that I thought I yeah, forgot yeah. to mention that I thought was hilarious? Um, I I freaking love when they do that scene where like Clark Kent is like standing like all heroically like like the cover of like a romance <laughs> novel or something, and the then they added in the freaking bald eagle that lands on yeah, his yeah, arm. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty rad. Cool. So, um, so we'll go ahead and do our awesome things of the week. Whoa, I'm I'm all burpy slurpy today or whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we'll go into our awesome things of the week here now. 
Um, I guess we'll start off on uh, my whole Skype window, and uh, since Mike uh, was just talking, and uh, he's got the uh, awesome lightning bolt uh, image still of The Dark Knight Returns, issue number one, um, I'll go with Mike. So what what is awesome in your world this week, Mike? Uh, just a couple movies I saw. Um, I finally got to see Looper, which I kept wanting to see, but I never got a chance to. But I finally got to see it, um, what do you call a few nights ago. And uh, I really liked it. I, I thought it was like a nice, like, a sci-fi, but, like, not quite sci-fi movie. Like, uh, like it just... it it I like when... Um, I guess I like when, like, they have, like, something set in the future, but they don't, like, you know, they don't, like, make it over the top in the future. I mean, like, there's, like, those weird hover bikes, but, like, other than that, everything else looks kind of normal, basically. And, I don't know, and there's time travel, and there's, like, weird guns and stuff. But other than that, it seemed kind of, I don't know, uh, under underplayed, and I always kind of appreciate that, but... I, I just like that movie. Yeah, it, I, I gotta say though, like the the makeup job they did, like on Joseph Gordon-Levitt to make him look like more like Bruce Willis. Like sometimes it like look it looks cool, and then sometimes it looks like really creepy. <laughs> like I don't know, like his eyebrows just look like too dark or something. But otherwise, I thought it was a really good movie. Did either of you two see that movie? Uh, I think my dad checked it out, and he said he enjoyed it. And then I also kind of watched the uh, Red Letter Media review of it that also sort of praised it. So I think my intent was to eventually watch it, but I have not gotten around to it yet. I haven't seen it yet either. Well, I heartily recommend it. And, and then the other movie I just wanted to mention, which was, I didn't really even see all of it, but just today earlier my, my roommate was watching it, so I sat down and watched like the last half hour um, Wrath of the Titans, um, uh, the sequel to Clash of the Titans, uh, the remake of a, a classic movie, but this time with, you know, more CGI and stuff and badassery and, you know, all that kind of generic stuff, whatever, so they can sell it to, like, audiences who are dumb, you know, but whatever. Um, hey, I resemble that remark. <laughs> Sorry. Um, in whatever case, like, I watched, the, like, the last, like, 30 minutes of it and stuff, and uh, I was like, oh, this is kind of an improvement over the first one, and, like, it it, it got massive points for me because there, there was a rival fusion because uh, Zeus and Hades, like, teamed up, and, like, you know, Ralph Fiennes and Liam, uh, Liam Neeson got to team up and do, like, this cool, like, combination attack and stuff, and I was like, that's always badass in my book, so. Yeah, I, I liked that film. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I really thought it like it it end. I thought it was a lot better than the first one. Like the yeah. first one, I was kind of like, eh, this is kind of, I don't know, eh. But yeah, <laughs> the, what I from what I saw this one, I was like, oh well, this is this seems like a like massive improvement basically. So, but I, I really liked that whole part where like Zeus and Hades are just walking through the battlefield, like just pointing at people and they're exploding and <laughs> stuff. That that was really awesome. But, yeah, so. Those are my things. Cool, cool. What about you, Justin, my man? What is awesome in your world this week? I have a book. It is called Taft 2012 by Jason Heller. And in this book, um, President Taft, after his uh, defeat for uh, you know, re-election by Woodrow Wilson, he be- kind of becomes uh, whip, uh, you know, Rip Van Winkle and wakes up in 2011. And there's this... Uh, 
big like media frenzy around him, like you know, holy cow, like how, how did this old fat president like come back through time and stuff? And it's it's really kind of like a parody of like you know the uh, like modern times, like modern politics, uh, you know, reliance on you know crazy things like you know Twitter is canon and you know stuff like that that kind of you know maybe annoy us and stuff and like it's kind of like uh, it, it's hard to describe. It's like political satire. It's, there's like a lot of comedy. Like <laughs> on New Year's Eve, like Taft like goes to this like bar in Chicago and like attends like a punk rock concert and like has sex with like this punk chick and like there's a lot of crazy things in it but like I really I really enjoyed it like there's a lot of like history and you know like I love history so like I really enjoyed it and it's it's like a 200 something page book like it's really short like I read it like you know like it was nothing but I really enjoyed this book very cool very cool um, I guess for me, I'll do a, a brief announcement. Um, if, if people have been frequenting Bot Talk, they probably know I sort of got bit by the uh, action figure toy collector bug again. Um, and so I've been sort of collecting a lot of the DC Universe classics. Um, and this week I got the uh, Rorschach um, the Mattel collector uh, figure in the mail or whatever. And, um, I, you know, I, I guess some people were kind of like, oh, I don't know about these, these Watchmen figures. They don't look so great. But um, I got it, and I think it's pretty nice. I mean, it comes in a nice box, and, and uh, you know, Rorschach comes with his little um, grappling gun and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy it. And he's got a little base that has sort of like the Watchmen smiley face and the logo on the bottom and everything. So I'm, I'm happy with it, and I think it's really cool. So, yeah. Derek was bit by the collecting bug so hard. So hard. So hard. There's nothing better. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, I guess uh, we will be back uh, with you. Um, you know, obviously, the, the podcasts are kind of biweekly, but uh, we always try to have some kind of weekly content. So please do check out any podcasts, uh, sidecasts, you know, our videos. And, uh, you know, we also like to do uh, side story reviews where we review comics or, you know, check out Boo's RPG blog, all that good stuff. Um, just so you know, um, we are on Facebook. We are on the Twitters. We are uh, we've got a Tumblr page. Um, we, we are on iTunes. Um, basically, like uh, what I've been noticing a lot in podcasts that I listen to, everybody basically asks you know, please leave us awesome reviews on iTunes because if you do, then, you know, the podcast gets bumped up in the ratings and more people can see it and everything. So I guess I will make that plea as well. If you listen to the show and you like it and you have a iTunes account, um, you know, go check out Panel's podcast there and, you know, leave us a nice, you know, five-star good review if you enjoy the show. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. So uh, until next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. This is Mike, and this isn't a podcast, it's an operating tape, and we're the surgeons. This is Justin Grimlock, and I've gone Billy. Slice and nice. Chicken legs, chicken legs. <laughs> Peace. Figure I will.
Okay, it looks like we got a file. I'm just setting up my my stuff. Boosters. Here. Boosters. Peel. I'm not fired. You're not fired. You're not fired. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> 